I'm fine. Josh is going to be fine. Um, Karen and I are working out the visitation rights. Um, I just, I don't know, something inside tells me that this is, this is for the best. Hey, kids. Hey, John. Oh, God. John. Um, I, I think we should reschedule this. No, 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 no. I'm a pro. I can do this. Is that Gatorade? No, it's a Bloody Mary. Gatorade should make a Bloody Mary flavor, though. I'd buy it. What's floating in it? Are you deaf? It's a Bloody Mary. It's celery. What's up with your hair? Oh, I got a perm. You know, it's a... Uh, figure I'm a new single dad. I should probably have a, have a new look to go with it. Oh, come on, guys. Let's get it together, all right? Everything's cool. It's the first annual Bring Your Kids to Work Day.
Hi, welcome to the Arts Report for August 20th, 2014. Tonight on the show, we'll play part two of Megan Thomas's interview with Christine Andriola from Shift Theater's production, Dudes of My Life. I've got one half of the Granger Brothers, filmer, filmmaker Maddie Granger, is going to tell us about the recent triumphant Viking funeral of Boar frontman Odorous Urungus in Richmond, Virginia. And Patrick Lickty is here from Chicago to talk about the Locomoto Art Show. Stay tuned at 6 for all ears. Hello, hello. And yet again, uh, it is I, Rohit Joseph, uh, now... I guess officially a co-host in a sense uh, with Sarah Lapsley Yay. of the Arts Report. Uh, pleasure being here as always, and I've got with me two guests fr- uh, from the Locomoto Art Collective show uh, called Patterns. Uh, we have Patrick Lichty, who's in the studio. Uh, why don't you say hi there, Patrick? Hi there. <laughs> <laughs> and we also got Win Palmer. Uh, Win, can you hear us? You're on the phone right now, so yes, yes, I hear you. Oh, brilliant. Good thing. All right, good stuff. I always love to make sure the technical side of things are working. So why don't we get started uh, with you, Patrick, since you're right here in the flesh. Uh, What can people expect uh, from your exhibition at Patterns on, which, by the way, everybody, is uh, at the Abertau Mansion uh, this coming Sunday, August the 24th. So, yeah, what can people expect as they enter the Patrick Lichty exhibition. Oh my! Uh, okay, um, what what I've been doing a lot of uh, is um, I've been exploring a lot of a lot of the photographic work I've been doing in Alaska and the subarctic um, that looks at uh, human impact on um, on the landscape. And the piece that I'm showing is actually a 21 foot by five foot tall woven tapestry i call the kenai tapestry and uh if some art geeks out there know something called the uh the the bayou tapestry you know this is what i'm kind of referring to but the cool thing about this it's totally woven it's a it's it's a it's a material piece that's going to be hung from the wall but the coolest thing about this is that it's going to have some uh, some digital content that you can access with your iphone or ipad you load up a little app I'll tell you how to do it, and it has augmented reality and QR codes in it that will have. Um, so, what this means is mm-hmm. that the QR code you can scan it; it'll take you to websites that talk about the Kenai National Park and you know the project. But if you have the augmented reality app going on, you look at certain parts of the um, of the tapestry and suddenly it'll recognize parts of the image and then parts of the indigenous wildlife and then actually tell you the truth i've got a couple funny little things that kind of play with the idea but you know this 3d content comes flying out at you and you know through your through your cell phone and this is the way we can kind of like layer different uh bits of um media and really create a really interesting interactive experience wow that sounds that sounds awesome uh and Win Palmer, you're on the other line here. So why don't you talk about your um, your contribution to patterns? And I believe it's called Light Pulse. Am I correct? Yes, that's correct. And good afternoon, all. 
Um, I'm very pleased to be able to, um, as an interdisciplinary artist, uh, focus on the fact that uh, uh, next year, 2015, is the International Year of Light. And so all my projects this year leading up to next year concern light and using all types of um, new media and digital lighting, LED, L-wire, etc., in creating um, installations and uh, light projects. My piece I'll be showing, Light Pulse, uh, will be a comment on um, ideas of identity, whether it be location, nature, or self-identity um, in, and in contribution to um, a sense of place and time. Um, L-Wire is actually uh, a 3D cold uh, lighting source that is a flexible wire that can be bent into many shapes. I've given uh, several workshops on this with um, youth at uh, West Point Gray Community Center, and it's a wonderful light uh, source that many actually know from Burning Man. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. That's, uh, that sounds uh, very fascinating. And both of you being interdisciplinary artists, um, do you think this is the way forward just in the general art, wor- art world? Are we going to see more of this in like the big art ex- exhibitions and galleries? Because it seems like a really cool concept that's evolving nowadays. Uh, Patrick, you could comment on this first, actually. Absolutely. And uh, actually, um, you know, electronic and media art you know, of this, ki- this kind has been developing since the mid-60s. And they're, f- they're actually next year... There's going to be a um, festival called the um, International Symposium for Electronic Art. That's gonna that's gonna be here. That's gonna f- it's it's almost like the um, almost like the the World Cup of Electronic Art. That's gonna be in <laughs> Vancouver. It's gonna be fantastic. Awesome. There'll be thousands of people. So, you know, this stuff is actually making its way into the art fairs. It's making its way into the art galleries. Uh, a friend of mine, Claudia Hart just had um, a whole show of augmented reality work at the uh, a place called Bitforms in New York, which is the top new media um, gallery in the world. Wow. So, you know, this is, and the thing is, is that it's also, you know, something that's at the cutting edge of, um, you know, uh, commercial technologies as, as well. You know, we're familiar with the QR codes now, mm-hmm. and soon... You know, we're going to have glasses. Google Glass, yeah, yeah. that's one of them you know, at least, that, right? Yeah, that you know, it's it's we're going to have glasses that have cameras in them, and they're going to recognize things, and mm. they're going to overlay, and that's what the AR thing is doing. And I'm just starting out to show it as an artistic medium, and but you know, I'm also showing it in a little piece as an informatic medium. I I realize you know the the commercial application to it too. Absolutely, and anything you want to add to that, Win? Oh, um, yeah, actually, a lot of the uh, new media I find um, quite interesting because now it is um, going out into the community. We're starting to notice uh, a departure from the White Cube for exhibiting. Uh, This particular show is a good highlight of that because it's new media meets nature. Uh, Within the show itself, uh, patterns, um, it will include uh, digital eco art, bio art, new media, GPS, audio, augmented reality, multimedia, sound art. And it'll be um, quite an extravaganza because people will be able to uh, walk um, within um, West Point Great Community Center at Aberthal. Um, and the address for that will be um, 
4397 West 2nd Avenue, uh, and the show is on August 24th from 8.30 to 11.30 p.m., free parking. Um, <laughs> but people will be able to see these works uh, scattered throughout um, the inside of the mansion, beautiful Tudor mansion, by the way, and um, be able to um, walk the beautiful grounds and see all these installations and how um, the artists interpret their works in relation to nature itself. Perfect. And is there any last comments you guys want to make on um, just the expansion of uh, new media art and maybe how people can actually maybe start to learn these skills? Uh, Is there uh, any way we could do that? Anyway, um, well, I think that there are, um, you know, lots of lots of web websites that um, talk about um, new media like rhizome.org, furtherfield.org. That gives you an idea of what people are doing. But there are all kinds of uh, websites like, um, you know, the, the, the maker uh, sites like adafruit.com, makezine.com, um, you know, and... Um, that shows you about the technology behind it, also processing.org, uh, and that will maybe, you know, lubricate the uh, creative juices, and, uh, you know, for people to, uh, you know, work with this stuff. I actually and, uh, um, concur with yeah, Patrick on so, that. You know, the hackerspace the and maker for families uh, to enroll their children in workshops. Uh, at community centers or through the uh, maker fairs to actually see what um, a lot uh, that is happening with uh, new media uh, to get their um, taste buds going as to where things are going um, with science and art and how in a lot of ways they're they're meeting in the middle uh, and moving forward. Perfect. Oh, and of course... Come on, uh, come to the show. You're going to have a really good time. It's yeah. really cutting-edge <laughs> stuff. Where it's, Yeah, we're really excited. We've been doing testing, and it's going to be really awesome. And I, there's parking. And there's free parking. That's the... Yes. Yeah. And it's if, free. <laughs> and it's free in general. So Free is good. I think everybody can enjoy the fact that this will be in a very beautiful environment. Like you said, a, a an old Tudor home. And... Uh, this will be a very new kind of art experience. If you guys are not familiar with going to galleries and exhibitions, uh, this might be a place to start because this is uh, emerging and it is very, very innovative. And on top of that, um, as Wynn mentioned and Patrick mentioned, there are websites and resources for maybe getting your kids involved in uh, combining the, the new media art forms and creating their own work so this is this is something that you will get to bring your family to have a learning and a visually stimulating experience and maybe even them (laughs) (laughs) so there you go for for more details on uh, the pattern show if you'd like to see the exhibiting artists in more details please go to locomotoart at weebly.com that's l-o-c-o-m-o-t-o-art a-r-t dot weebly.com and you'll be able to see the patterns uh, link there for all show details and exhibiting artists. Perfect. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Wynn. Uh, stay tuned for more Arts Report coming up soon. Thank you.
sorry, somebody just needed to mention that they'd see all that news. The 5th Annual Vancouver Short Film Festival is looking for submissions until August 31st. From documentaries to web series, all genres are accepted from student and professional filmmakers. Keep them short. Last year, 25 films were shown and $17,000 in prizes were awarded. To enter, visit vsff.com. An evening extravaganza of digital proportions. Don't miss Patterns, Locomoto Art's annual multimedia interactive art exhibit and public event. 8.30 to 11.30 p.m. August 24th at Aberthau Mansion. Come see where nature meets the latest in new media, digital arts, audio, and technology. Free and great for all ages. You can also join in on free workshops taking place all of August. For all event info, go to locomotoart.weebly.com. Hi, we're back on CITR 101.9, The Arts Report. We're just going to have filmmaker Maddie Granger on in a few minutes, but I kind of just wanted to quickly talk about a film because I said I would. Jasmine uh, is a local promoter, publicity person, and her sister, Jade, actually has a cool jazz show on CITR. And she sent me uh, the screener for this film, and... Uh, I hope she doesn't regret it because I saw a bit of it and I'm kind of giving it like meh, the thumbs down. Although I have to say, I didn't really um, watch. I didn't I didn't make it that far into the film. Um, it's playing. It's called The Congress. And Ari Folman uh, won some or it says a Cannes stunner in 2013. So it went over well at Cannes. Um, and it's playing August 29th at the Cineplex Fifth Avenue Cinema. So when it's quite a convoluted story. It's a French-Israeli live-action slash animation science fiction drama film. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of like part psychedelic animation, part kind of sci-fi drama. The only good thing about it, in my opinion, is Robin Wright, um, the former wife of Sean Penn, and of course famous for her role in The Princess Bride. She plays an aging actress right away. That kind of turned me off. Um, and so she's sort of um, being devalued by Hollywood and sort of slightly futuristic set in, a, you know, maybe 50 years from now when people are even more awful than they are now. Um, and she's sort of disrespected by her kids and by her um, studio, Miramount Studios. Um, and so in the end, it's got a very convoluted plot, which I didn't make it through, but they, they the studio decides to make her into a they scan her image and then they use her as an avatar um and a lot of things happen it kind of ends badly she enrages she speaks out once her avatar is made she disagrees and enrages the people that made her into avatar um then suddenly there's rebels attacking that are opposed to the misuse of technology robin hallucinates her own execution um, the doctors decide that Robin is so ill she must be frozen until a time when her treatment for her mental illness is found. She is revived many years later. It just seems to go on and on and on. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of like animation mixed with real life filming. Um, and the theme of this sort of aging woman that's devalued, it really bothered me. Um, and, and she's very unsure of herself. Um, and, I was kind of like, maybe I can hang on to the end to see if she's sort of empowered and, and kicks butt. Um, 
but it doesn't say in the synopsis on Wikipedia that she does. So I don't know. I'd say wait for uh, Netflix to come out with this one, but you might like it. And I think Robin Wright will definitely get uh, kudos for her role in this. I think she's really good. Um, so yeah, thanks for giving me the screener. Sorry, I kind of gave it a, re a review. John Hamm is in this movie as the voice of Dylan Truliner. So I don't know who that character is because like I said, I didn't see the whole thing. Um, but I just kind of made a few connections with Robin Wright, who is married to Sean Penn. And Sean Penn has a brother, Michael Penn, who I believe is a film composer. And Michael Penn is married to Amy Mann, who's a singer. And she made a video for her song Labrador, which is about sort of being devalued as a woman or devaluing yourself in relationships, I think. And John Hamm, who's in this movie, The Congress, is in that video. Um, so it kind of made me want to play the song Labrador by Amy Mann. It's a wonderful song. Um, so, yeah, no, go check out The Congress. If you like animation, maybe you'll like it. Um, and it's definitely, you know, what's that? Oh, the fifth element, that kind of thing, maybe. Um, but more, obviously, high tech. So, I don't know. Mixed reviews, I guess. But I'm going to play Amy Mann Labrador. And then, in the meantime, I'm going to get Maddie Granger on the phone um, to talk about he was just in Richmond, Virginia at the Guar Barbecue, where they had a triumphant Viking funeral for um, the front man of Guar. So, hang on. And uh, we'll be back in a few minutes on the It's Report on CITR 101.9 FM. I got a chance to do the new Amy Mann video. So what I suggested was uh, we do a shot-for-shot -shot remake of the Till Tuesday video for Voices Carry. She flipped for it. I really didn't want to do this video. I thought it was a stupid idea. And the director seemed so incompetent that I thought I was being pranked. Amy had so many ideas. I mean, we were just talking back and forth. It was so collaborative. The director basically tricked me into signing a contract that gave him total control over everything. I was on the phone, and he put something in front of me to sign. He said it was a birthday card for his nephew. Here's the greatest part of the video. You guys get to meet the next great leading man. His name is Denny Rock. This guy is unbelievable. He's like, uh, he's like a young Brando mixed with like a young Redford. Uh, mixed with like like a little Vin Diesel, but like Vin Diesel five years from now. I'm not here to act or to perform or anything. You know, it's like basically what I do is a is a public service for viewers, essentially. You know, it's like uh, I bring the same level of intensity, whether it's a music video or whether I'm in the new Stanley Kubrick movie. You know, it's like I'm basically here to crush. I, I want to make it completely clear. I had no choice in this video. I was legally bound to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to present to you the new video for Amy Mann's Labrador. Take it away. I'm so happy the band's doing well. By the way, what's with the hair? Is that part of the new image? Daisy. Just so incapable of changing You'll 
practice run late you know this little hobby of yours has gone too far why can't you for once do something for me like what back on the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM, and I have Maddie Granger on the line. Hello. Oh, my God. I've actually wanted to talk to you for a long time. Well, you never call. You never write. I haven't seen a postcard in ages. (laughs) Is that an invitation? I guess so, yeah. Sure, you can send me postcards. I always like to get real mail. So That isn't asking for money. (laughs) So demanding it, really. Right. Asking, but sure. Now, we went to high school together in Guelph, Ontario. Yes, we did. Guelph, Ontario, the bustling mecca of punk rock and, I guess, heavy metal now. Yeah. So I actually was stoned all the time um, <laughs> and don't, don't remember you that well. I was, I, was, I was in the same boat, so we were probably together. Yeah. <laughs> but since that time, you've blossomed into a very handsome, successful 
Oh, well, thank, businessman? Businessman. <laughs> um, you're, well, you work with your brother uh, as part of the Granger Brothers, and you make films. Yes, we, uh, we've been known to uh, crack out a few TV pilots or short films or just like comedy films. or uh, You know, we actually had a horror film that we did not too long ago that met with pretty significant success and has been adapted into a feature. So we're really hoping to announce something on that. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, before the end of the year. Excellent. And you, you, you do like horror, right? That's your kind of genre. Comedy. We we actually started as comedy, uh, comedy short guys. And, uh, you know, we did the Charlie the Clown show, which was a, you know, television pilot. Uh, we did, uh, endless, just little sketch things. And then, uh, we were lucky enough to get, be part of the crazy eights thing here in town and, uh, co-produced and co-wrote a short called Chained which uh, was the horror movie that we did, which ended up becoming easily our most popular thing. And I actually just looked at it on YouTube like two days ago, and it's already like nearly at 40,000 views, and I, I don't know how that happened. That's awesome. And you've yeah, got, pretty cool. You've got Tara Patrick, the hot porn star, modeling your T-shirts on your website. Am I right? She is a babe. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Yes, indeed we do. I do my research. Uh, yeah, she's a family friend, you could say. <laughs> Nice gal. She's a sweetheart. Wow. Um, and you live in Vancouver. You haven't yeah. moved away yet to... No, not yet. Would we, you? There's been moments of moments of thinking about it, but we haven't quite committed to, to it yet. But mm-hmm. Vancouver kids now. Yeah. So tell me, uh, um, and, and we sort of reconnected because, and I'm sorry I didn't come because I was doing my student internship and I was so broke. You put on a 20-year anniversary for our high school town. And uh, Guar played. You actually managed to organize Guar. Yeah, that was a that was a cool thing. We we decided uh, my brother and me and my friend uh, Jim Hare. You know, we all grew up in the sort of punk rock scene back in the '80s and you know late '80s, early '90s back back in Guelph. And Guelph had a wicked scene going on back then, and it yep. was it was an endless amount of really good music come through. And, and uh, yeah, we thought it would be really great to sort of reunite some bands and get some really cool stuff happening. And luckily, over the years, we had made this connection with the guys from War. And. Oh. Maddie, are you there? Yeah. We're kind of oh. losing you on the cell phone reception. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah, that's better. Uh, yeah, and so we ended up uh, losing our headline band uh, due to a work conflict that one of the guys in the band had. And we had this extra bit of money. And. Like, well, we know the guys in Guar, you know, do you want to give it a shot? And so just on a blind whim, a friend of ours helped us uh, convince them that it was a good idea. And they just did us a favor and came up and did the only um, unmasked Guar show uh, internationally outside of the States that they've ever done. So oh, it's kind of a legendary little show. And they were so cool to come up and do it. And Dave was really into it, and the guys all loved it, and it was it was fantastic. So, just to backtrack a bit for people who don't know, who is Guar? Guar is a how can I describe them? They are intergalactic war overlords from the planet Scumdagia that that came were banished to the planet Earth and frozen in the uh, Antarctic wasteland, uh, only to be uh, thawed by their manager Sleazy P. Martini and given. Uh, given rain to uh, rain rock and roll and heavy metal down upon the earth for many years. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and they're also a really, really awesome band from Richmond, Virginia that's been around for the real guars, like the, some great guys, Brad Roberts and Michael Dirks, Dave Brockie, uh, 
Jameson Land, now Brent Ferguson, and a, a, a host of other people who have sort of been through the band over the years from Richmond, Virginia. Just uh, great veterans of like the punk scene and metal scene, and just uh, they're almost thirty years old. Wow! And they're they're a huge they have a huge cult following, and at their shows they spew this sort of gore out into the audience. Is that right? Oh yeah. Oh yes. They are. They are well known. They're they're sort of they're, they're more known for their shows than their music at times. And it, it's uh, yeah. They many many fans have left soaked from head to toe in uh, all sorts of different sorts of spew. <laughs> okay. Well, awesome. So tell me about Dave Brocky. He was the lead frontman since the yeah. beginning. Dave Dave Brocky was is a. Uh, Sincerely a genius musician. You know, he was a he was a creative force in Richmond, Virginia, who, you know, created Guar out of a you know out of a sort of a, a, a how can you describe it a uh, collective of artists that had sort of started this thing called the Slave Pit down there and Slave Pit Productions sort of met with this kind of had there's a band called Death Piggy that Dave was Dave was uh, the leader of and sort of it blossomed from there over over thirty years and. Uh, Dave was the leader of Guar. He played the Odorous Yurungas character and uh, one of the nicest, most generous people you would ever have the pleasure to meet, regardless of his uh, alien persona. And uh, Dave passed away in late March this year, and uh, it was quite a blow to a lot of uh, fans and friends especially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he died of a heroin overdose. Well, they're, 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 uh, acute heroin toxicity it was the was the uh, coroner's report, but those things they're, 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 there's controversy around the veracity in that. So okay, so yeah. th- he might have. You mean? Yeah, there's there's there, you know rumors. false positives in the world. You know, yeah. I don't want to comment on okay. on, on Dave's uh, you know method of <laughs> method right. of departure. Yeah, but uh, but uh, yeah, he was a uh, he was a. Uh, just passed away at the age of 50, actually. Yeah, so pr- that's pretty young. Yeah, and he like, was a very young man, still had a lot of uh, a lot of time ahead of him, for sure. Yeah, so that must have hit you personally hard, having... Yeah, we were, we were we were shocked. We found out a few hours after uh, he was found, and, uh, you know, we, were, we, we went down to the original, like, sort of smaller friends and family sort of funeral that was back in, uh, in April. It was on April Fool's Day, and Dave was being a known sort of clown himself we kind of expected him to kind of run into the room and just say it was all a big joke and, and unfortunately it wasn't yeah. but uh but yeah we went down there and the ceremony they had for him there was just uh one of the most outstanding things you could possibly imagine there was a a, a wonderful turnout of family and friends and musicians and randy blythe from lamb of god came and gave, gave a really great speech and uh michael bishop gave a really great speech who is now playing the the new lead singer character and he used to be in Guard years ago and uh, you know all the members of the band went out, and really, truly, a, a really great, uh, a really great moment for him. Yeah. And so, and and what was what, what's what's strange is that you know, friend of ours were down there on the weekend at the barbecue, where they did the Viking funeral for Odorous Yurungas, and it was uh, it was interesting. A friend of mine said, "Is like it's this is like the second funeral because there was actually two people. Odorous mm-hmm. was almost a different person than Dave was, and so this was the this past weekend was the Viking funeral send off for." for odorous more than it was for Dave. It was uh, it was great. So every year they have a barbecue for fans, like with bands and kind of a party festival type thing? Yeah, it started really small. It was The barbecue started as a really small sort of deal that was, uh, you know, just uh, they did it in a, in a bike lot. And it was a small thing where they bunch, got a bunch of bands together, they played on the pavement, they had a couple of barbecues set up, and they made meat and drank beer. 
And then over the years, it just grew and grew and grew. And this year was the was a massive event. It was it, it we were there a couple years ago, and it was maybe two thousand people at it. And this year was at least five, at least five thousand people. Wow. Um, Guar played the new version of Guar played. Uh, Ice T with uh, his metal band uh, Body Count played. Uh, who else? The Misfits. Samantha Jerry Mack only, was there. Jerry, Jerry Only's Misfits. Um, uh, the Meat Men played. Uh, Hatebreed came on, did a pretty intense set by them. Iron Reagan, uh, Randy Blythe from from uh, Lamb of God came up and actually did a did a track with uh, with Hatebreed. It was a great day. It was it was just huge. They ran out of beer. It was crazy. <laughs> they did. They ran out of beer. It was it was it was. I've never seen a festival run out of beer before, but. They were, they were using their guar, new Guar brand of beer called Kilsner, which was awesome. Uh, so so. The, the, the Viking funeral ritual part got quite a bit of press, and it really, like, it really sparked my imagination. Um, and I actually looked into traditional Viking funerals. But if, could you describe the, that part of it, the ritual? Yeah, they, um, they laid out the odorous costume on a Viking ship that they had built. And it was, uh, you know, I would say the boat was maybe 10, 12 feet long, um, made of made of wood. It was it was a gorgeous piece of art that they had. And uh, he was on display all day. And then uh, when the memorial service was over, Jello Biafra from Dick Kennedy spoke, and a lot of uh, Dave's close friends went up and spoke. And at the end of the day, an archer came out. They dragged the boat out into the middle of the lake and, and sent him off with uh, one loud, explosive hurrah. The, and then you burn for a good twenty minutes with fireworks and and uh, flames shooting thirty feet in the air and black smoke chugging up in the, into a big huge pillar into the sky. It was beautiful. It was great. So the archer shot a flaming arrow onto the pyre, onto the barge, and yeah, and uh, lit him. One shot didn't miss. It was great. Oh man, that must yeah. have been really emotional. Yeah, I've got some posts. I, if you saw the Grand Brothers page, I, I posted some photos there that, that uh, yesterday that were pretty, pretty great. So it was an emotional moment. It was, it was something else. And there were so many people there just chanting his name, and and uh, it was it was a big it was a big fire. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you made it down. Yeah, it was it was worth every it was worth every penny. Wow! Right on. Absolutely. So- well, so what's next for you? You said there's something you're hoping for to come to fruition at the end of the yeah, year. What's kind of day to day? We're looking at a feature film for us that's going to be going into production hopefully by the end of the year. Uh, there'll be more announced about that on our, on our site, on our, on our Facebook page, our Grange Post Facebook page, and so on. And that's just, uh, can't say much about it quite yet, but it's going to be, it's going to be quite an event when it happens. And uh, yeah, just that. Uh, we have a couple other scripts in the work right now. And uh, one follow-up to this that's going to be actually a pretty interesting script as well. So, Wow. Well, it was great to talk to you. Well, it was great to talk to you. Yes. It's been, I guess, years since we actually spoke. Far too many. Yes. Far too many. So. And they lay off the drugs. <laughs> oh, I've, I've laid <laughs> off them. <laughs> I'm on the straight and narrow now. Atta girl. But yeah, stay in touch. You know where to indeed. find Thanks me. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, hey, hail Guar. Yes, hail Guar. I'm going to play Sick of You in just a minute. Lovely. Okay, thanks, Maddie. Take care. Uh, thanks again. Okay, bye. Bye. Whoa, that was Maddie Granger talking about the very cool Norse funeral of Odorous Ungress. Um, Guar's lead singer um, and yeah I kind of looked into Norse funerals because I just loved it so much uh, 
this idea. And so you can just check out the Wikipedia page. Um, but there's an interesting account of a 10th century Arab Muslim writer uh, who went to a funeral, a Viking funeral, uh, in the 10th century. Uh, and he obviously was quite sparked by it as well and, and, and left us a beautiful gift of writing about it. So I'll just read a little bit of it. Um, so the dead chieftain was put in a temporary grave while they sewed him new clothes. One of his thrall women, that's a slave woman, volunteered to join him in the afterlife, and she was guarded day and night, being given a great amount of intoxicating drinks while she sang happily. Um, so then they made the platform of wood and a bed for the dead chieftain on the ship. Um, thereafter, an old woman referred to as the angel of death put cushions on the bed. She was responsible for the ritual. So they put him on the barge and um, gave gifts that they piled on, intoxicating drinks, fruits, and a stringed instrument. And if I recall from the photos of the Guar funeral, there was some beer piled on the barge. Um, grave offerings. Um, then the thrall girl went from one tent to the other and had sexual intercourse with the various men. Every man told her, tell your master that I did this because of my love to him. Uh, in the afternoon, they moved the thrall girl sort of onto the barge. Uh, but before that, she had sort of a, I don't know, mystical experience where she saw her father and her mother, all of her relatives and her master in the afterworld. Uh, and they give her m more intoxicating drinks. And then they rape her and strangle her and send her off on the barge, on the water. Um, and it's actually too awful to read on the radio. Um, then the angel of death put a rope around her neck. Um, and then they do hor more horrible things to her. Then they set the ship aflame and she goes off to the afterworld with her master. Um, so, yeah, you can just read that um but the guar the guar viking funeral sounds like way more kind of um 20th century civilized wonderful so thank you again maddie for coming on that was great to talk to him and you can check out his website www.thegrangerbrothers.com so we're, i'm gonna just play a bit of guar that was really great um to hear that and this one is called Sick of You. I was kind of listening to it last night, and I really like it. And, and then um, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about dudes of my life.
fun that was guar sick of you and you're listening to the arts report on citr 101.9 fm now last week i talked about the dudes of my life a shift theater production and it opened last night august 18th um and it runs from the night no it was last night the 19th yes it was it started last night the 19th and you've only got a few days to see it it runs till the 23rd at 8 p.m at the shop theater 125 east second avenue it's performed by christina andriola and directed by danae cho thompson Uh, i did have christina on the show before live in the studio and i played a bit of her um interview last week that was done by megan thomas um our former art support director and host and so christina in dudes of my life talks about her italian mom who pressures her to kind of meet the right kind of guy and kind of a comedy about Christina's kind of dating experiences. Um, and I was just laughing to laughing as I listened last night to the interview, like about how, you know, different she is than me in terms of like, you know, she vets these guys according to the strict criteria and, and I don't know. Uh, and we ended up having a fun conversation after the show last night about like, you know, uh, Tinder and all this stuff. And I don't know, it's just, it's too much for me, but I'm going to get this interview up and running and let's see if I can hold on for a second. Here she is. (laughs) What are some of the other uh, tips and tricks that she's given you over the years? Oh, okay. I have to look at his dad because, um, his dad is what my man is going to look like in like 20 or 30 years. That's so, a good piece of advice. Yes, I got to make sure he's got a full head of hair, like looks okay, doesn't, you know, is I just I just got to look carefully and and see for myself. So and it's this kind of family orientation like it seems like it's her, her some of her advice is as much about really their family. As the guy. Now, is that something that mm-hmm. is a big part of how you grew up? Is Oh, definitely. Yeah, and when all of my serious relationships up to now, they've all met my family. Because it's one thing to go through the, my own vetting process, but then one of the very last things is that you have to get along with my family. And that we all have to exist, and you have to be willing to 
to be part of that close-knit group. So, yeah, that's like the one of the last steps is the family gauntlet. How does that feel when you're dating and you have yeah. your own strategies and your and your mom's strategies at, le- at the very least in the back of your head? Like, what what is the dating <laughs> process like for you? It's so interesting. It like it's so yeah. It it's like there's so much riding on it. So much riding on that first meeting because it's not just like all these these things on the list that I want to check off for myself, but it's also how we get along, how we interact, how he treats me. Like, I'm really, really picky. <laughs> Not just with that list, but, like, just the way the way he is, the way he dresses, the way he carries himself. Like, it's, it's difficult. It, uh, and especially when you're on... Like, I, I haven't done online dating except for Tinder, And, like, when you just see someone's pictures, you kind of get a sense of who they are. But, you know, it could be totally different when you meet them in person. And, like, everything could work out on paper, as it has several times before. But in person, yeah, there's there's just a lot of factors. As my mom says, there's a million little things that have to fit together in order for you to be with the right person. And, like, all of those things have to fit together perfectly. How are people who have actually dated you going to feel about this way? <laughs> Tell us about that point. Tell us about how you're addressing that issue. Well, I think it's it's one of our biggest goals to um, make the stories visible and make the people safe by keeping them invisible. The yeah. the real people will be invisible, and only they themselves might have some idea of what we've used as source. Uh, we're trying to change things enough that the structure or the very specific thing that is really funny that you can't write that is real life those little things that you're like well that's amazing so we have to use that uh we're keeping those elements but we're trying to adjust things enough that they become kind of the the property of the dudes of my life as opposed to you know throwing people under the bus it's a small city yeah and i think when i've told some of these stories i have a few horror stories in my back pocket that i whip out at parties it's mostly I'm, I make fun of myself a lot, and it's about my reaction, and like Denny was saying earlier, the way that I tell stories is very strange, and I like to tell the story not by, like he said, throwing people under the bus or, or embarrassing the person, but it's more about, like, there's a lot of emphasis on me and what I did and my reaction and where we were, and like... I'm hoping to make fun of the the stories and the the interaction and not the person. Well, yeah. we're sitting we're sitting here in your workspace and we're surrounded by I don't know what the best word is for it totems uh, of the dudes of Christina's life. Can you maybe introduce us to oh to a couple? Tim over there has a lovely lovely T-shirt with is that chair on the front of it. And he's got a backpack and a big ball cap just slightly to the side with an Okanagan spring cider in his wiry hand. And I dated a couple of people like that. Total skater boys, like big unkept hair. A couple who had ponytails. A little rough around the edges. And I just, no, I need him preppier. Totally preppier. And that brings us to the next one that I will introduce who is Laurentian? <laughs> he's um he's the artiste of the group. 
uh, <laughs> very clearly. He's a yeah. minimalist. He works uh, in, in very simple human forms. There's a great scarf involved, <laughs> as one would expect. Yeah, and those are the types that I tend to go for. Very clean, stylish, sensitive artists. <laughs> well, what didn't work out about Laurentian? <laughs> Is he a little too sensitive? Yeah, maybe they're a little too sensitive sometimes. So it needs to be a good mix, but a little more Laurentian than Tim. But There's one story that, that we affectionately call Survivor Liar. Christina has uh, uh, told me about 40 times, I think. <laughs> and it's not the story itself. It's Christina's telling that absolutely makes that story for me. Christina's take on the events. Make it fantastic for me. Yeah, there's there's one point in the story. There's like what I consider to be the standout part of the story, which I can or the punchline, if you will, which I've been told is not <laughs> is not the punchline, and I've completely misinterpreted <laughs> what is so funny about Survivor Liar. What are some lessons? that you've learned that are not on your mother's list or maybe on your original list from oh dating God. in this really strategic, assertive way. Dating is so scary. Yeah, it can be so scary because you're opening yourself up to that person by not knowing them at all. You have to go from zero to, like, lovers almost. On that subject, one of the things that is most interesting to me uh, or what it uh, it's an interesting thing I wouldn't say most is over the course of the dudes uh Christina set a rule at some point in her life that the third dude was going to be the dude oh. the third serious relationship oh my God, yeah. <laughs> and living by that tenant for many many years I think affected the way she dated in a really interesting way and you can see a pattern arise from that choice oh yeah I always thought I'd be third time lucky and I had one boyfriend in high school, and then one boyfriend about seven years ago, and I haven't had a boyfriend since. Because you were I've, saving it. Yeah, I've always wanted to be third time lucky. Now that I'm in a relationship, I've, I, it was a lot of, um, just a lot of, like, letting go of that, and if it happens, it happens, if it doesn't, it doesn't. What have you learned about dating through Christina's dating? Shall I? <laughs> <laughs> what have I learned about dating through Christina's dating? Although we haven't actively confronted that in this work yet, it is something that I've been considering is, is um, what is the difference between marrying up, for example, or finding the person you want to be with? And one of that is society's expectations, and one of that is your own expectations. I like working with him. It sounds like there's differences that are productive between the two of you. Yeah. He's like the older brother that I never had. Always wanted. Sometimes never wanted, but yeah. It's like like I come home and I tell tell my older brother like all my stories. Aw. We're hugging for the (laughs) Christina doesn't like me when I hug her. (laughs) We have different value sets. We have uh we work on different sides of the theater. Not that I think there are sides, but from different parts of the theater. Um, 
Yeah, that you know, and we're from different genders, and we're from different. Uh, um, our backgrounds are different, and our backgrounds, our geography, uh, everything, our family structures, virtually everything about us is different. So it's, um, I I find that that allows a lot of space in between us to f- try and fill in. Mm-hmm. And then when we're in the room together, we both have a lot of experiences that we bring in, a lot of opinions and and the way that a lot of examples to share and then to riff and like uh, one example of his will remind me of an example of mine that that inspired like I don't know something new for the show when we conceived the show Christina was still uh dating actively uh and so the first ideas had a lot to do with the quest for the dude but now Christina has found herself a lovely man uh, Mimi, <laughs> and uh, and that's really changed. It's it's not about that anymore. It's a lot more reflective, and it's a lot more. What can we learn, and how does that affect our outlook on the world? Yeah, yeah, which is nice. I like that it's not coming from a place of, not that it was coming from a place of desperation, but it's more like reflection. So it sounds like. As much as it is really good to have standards and plans, growing up means letting go of some of these kind of preconceptions. Yeah, exactly. You have to let let go of all the control. Maybe that's the sign of maturity, that I let go of, of that, the notion of being third time lucky and just let life play out as it should. You're listening to The Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. That was Christina Andriola and Danae Cho-Thompson talking about the dudes of my life and dating and, oh man, just, whoa, not into it, not into dating. Um, and I was going to give a little rap about narcissism because I was thinking, oh, all this Tinder stuff and dating sites, there's probably a lot of narcissists out there. So here's my advice in one sentence, two sentences. One, spot the narcissist. There's lots of articles out there. Two, cut and run. That's my advice. Um, And uh, maybe I'll talk about that some other time in a future show. Now, All Ears is up in just one or two minutes. We've got a lot, a lot coming up in, in the weeks ahead. The Fringe Festival is on, and we're doing a whole bunch of podcasts. We're doing a live broadcast. We've got guests galore in from the Fringe Festival. So please come back in a week from now. Um, to the Arts Report. Rohit and I are going to be around. So, yeah, definitely stay tuned and keep on rocking, listening to CITR 101.9 FM. Yeah, the state of hip-hop right now, man, as far as the way I see it, um, I think right now um, hip-hop is advancing as far as skills, you got brothers, you know what I'm saying, getting like more witty. There ain't nobody to be pretty for, let it rattle, let the clatter.